If you would, please, I'd like to invite your attention real quickly this morning to the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah in your Bible, Jeremiah chapter number 10, and I'll read you a verse there. And then we'll look back to Psalms 48, we'll read a verse there. And then we'll look at Psalms 23, and we'll read a couple verses there. Have you ever wondered, what in the world am I doing here? Where am I going? What's all of this between birth and death? What's going on? What am I doing here? The choices I'm making, are they the right choices for my family, for my children, for myself? I found a verse recently, and I thought I'd just share it with you just for a minute. Jeremiah chapter number 10 and verse 23. Please allow me to read it for you. <clears throat> Listen real, 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 real intently. Oh, Lord, <clears throat> I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his step. Who's making life-changing decisions in your life? Who decided where you go, how long you stay there, what you do when you get there, and when you leave to go home? Who is making all those decisions? Who decides on Sunday if you're too tired to come to church or not? Who decided what you to do with the finances that God entrusted you with this past week? I did find a verse that said, we really don't know which way to go, how long to stay, what to do when we get there. Because the Bible says, O oh Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. We created the computer. But if you don't control the computer, you don't compute much. As brilliant as an invention it might be, it still has an on and off button. Somebody created us. Somebody put an on and off button on us. Somehow or another, we have disregarded the fact that we're not our own. We are bought with a price. It is not in man 
that walketh to direct his steps. Have you ever made a bad decision? Have you ever admitted that you made a bad decision? One of the favorite Psalms in all the Bible is Psalms 23. And in Psalms 23, I find three words that stands out in two verses. Notice in verse verse 2 of chapter 23 of the book of Psalms, these words are, He leadeth me. Does it say that? He leadeth me. Verse 1, the Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. A little girl was quoting that verse one time, and she said, the Lord is my shepherd, and that's all I want. Sheep do not lead the shepherd. Sheep is referred to as very rebellious, ornery, and dumb. So the Lord must have known when he created the computer you, that you were a sheep and not a shepherd. And that you needed a shepherd to do what? Leadeth me. Notice verse 3 again. It says also, He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me. I wonder who really should be in charge. If I do not know how to direct my steps, If I do not know what is right, what is wrong, what is good, what is bad for me, if I do not know fully what God has planned for me, then maybe I need some help in going and doing what he would have us to do and to be. I found another verse in the book of Psalms, Psalms 48. I'd like to read it for you, please. And it's the last verse in Psalms 48. And the Bible says, For this God is our God forever and ever. Y'all say amen. He will be our guide even unto death. Now, I don't know about you, but... I think a Methodist would shout there just to know that we're not in this all by ourselves. He will be our guide even unto death. Preacher, I got a problem. I need to call you. No, you don't need to call me. You need to call heaven. I am not your guide. He will be your guide. He knows how to direct each of our steps. He knows how to keep us out of trouble. And if we don't stay out of trouble, thank God he's there, even in the fiery furnace, to help us in our trouble. 
You see, in the Bible, there has been many, many in the Bible that Israel has, that God has guided. He guided Israel out of Egypt and into the promised land. He guided Jonah to Nineveh. Although Jonah was reluctant, he still got Jonah to where he wanted him to go. Can you say amen? Now, if you think God is out of fish, you fell out of your tree. If you think God still ain't in the fish business, you need to read the book of Jonah. And you say, well, I know where I'm going, and I know what I'm doing, and I know how. Hey, you might ought to read the book of Jonah. But God is in the directing business. I'm so glad of that. You read Matthew chapter 4 and you find Jesus in the wilderness being, being tempted of the devil. Do you know how Jesus got to the wilderness to be tempted of the devil? The Bible said the Spirit of God led him there. God is in the leadership business. Paul on his missionary journeys in Acts chapter 13 set aside by the Holy Ghost and sent by the church. And on this journey of faith, you and I are on, we need more than just information. Uh, on this journey of faith that we're on, we need more than just landmarks and directions. We need a guide. We need somebody that knows the best. And my Bible said, and let your not let the heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Aren't you glad of that? Aren't you glad he said mansions and not little rooms? Aren't you glad he didn't say manufacturing housing? Thank God in heaven ain't nothing got wheels on it. It's all permanent. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I will come again and to receive you unto myself. Now, where I am, you may be also. Ladies and gentlemen, let me help you a little bit. Jesus is in the directing business. Jesus has his own personal guide service. Are you willing to allow him to become boss? Are you willing for him to lead you? You say, well, I'm not sure I want to go where he goes. He'll be there when you get there. You see, there's some aspects of this spiritual journey and I, that I'm on, and I'll just kind of speak to myself this morning. That way you won't feel like I'm preaching to you. In order to go anywhere, there ultimately has to be a, des a destination. Where are you headed? What is your destination? Many of us are like Alice in Wonderland. Alice comes to a junction in the road that leads in different directions and she asked her Kashire cat cat would you tell me please which way I ought to go from here that depends a good deal on where you want to go said the cat 
I don't much care where, said Alice. Then it doesn't matter which way you go, replied the cat. If you don't know where you're going, you're going to end up somewhere you're not going to like. In your physical life, in the nasty now now, where are you headed? Where is your home headed? What goals do you have for your children? Who is your guide? Duh. You say, well, preacher, I didn't come for this. I know that's the reason I have this, because you didn't come for this. Because if you'd known this, you would not come for this. And if I don't watch it, some of you will leave early before I get through with this. But in this journey of faith, it's more than just one hour Sunday morning when you get convenient. Where are you headed? Which direction do your children see you headed? Where is your marriage relationship headed? My wife has got me some drinking some stuff. I think I'm going to get there sooner than I was expecting. She says it's healthy. She turned her head. I gave it to one of my dogs. It died immediately. There must be in your life a destination if you're going to arrive anywhere. Take the haphazard. It might work out of your life because we have a wonderful guide who has a destination in mind for every blood-bought child of God and everyone who has not been blood-bought and is not saved, God has a wonderful, glorious destination all picked out for you. Don't be like Alice in Wonderland wondering where you're going to end up and what's going to happen to you. It demands a destination. Can you say amen? What should be the destination of every individual that has ever been born? Let me give you a word, maturity. Maturity. Even the Bible said, as newborns babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Paul told the church at Corinth in reference to speaking in tongues in chapter 14. In malice, you are folks acting like children. 
In understanding, you need to be adult. Paul said, you folks over there speaking in tongues need to grow up. We all ought to have a desire to mature physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually. That's God's goal for us. The destination is that we might be mature in our relationship to one another if we'd stop acting like kids and just start being mature. What's mature mean? Acting with no emotions. We got a problem? Let's fix it. No, I don't want to fix it. I want to pout. Now, I want to argue. Then buy you a dog and argue with a dog. Maybe he'll bite you often enough. You'll quit wanting to argue. God's goal for all of us, and God is guiding us, I hope, by God's grace, into maturity... Not only physically, but spiritually. A lot of us just grow old. We never grow up. My money, my car, my house, my dog, I'm glad. My cat, your problem. My bird. Dirty bird. My, my, my is not a mature word. Me, mine. You go to the courthouse, you'll find out it's ours. You'll find out your razor is hers if she wants it. So why don't we just wise up and quit making orders ourselves and start allowing the guide to guide us where he wants us to be, and that is mature. Mature physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually, domestically. Dear God, what's wrong with just growing up? Somebody said, it ain't no fun but it's a lot cheaper. Destination. We've got a guide. He has a destination. Maturity. Heaven. Heaven. That's my final destination. When the old spiritual bus called the ship of Zion pulls into heaven's port, I'm getting off, and that's my last journey. I just got home. In my father's house or what many mansions. Oh, let me tell you something. I believe with all my heart in this morning that God wants to lead us along the way. And he wants to help us along the way. I was reading recently about Pablo Castells. Reached 95 years of age. One of the greatest cello players in all the world. Somebody asked. 
That blows, sir. Why at 95? Are you still practicing six hours a day on the cello? He said, because I think I'm making some progress. You making any progress? Are you making any progress toward maturity? Toward growing up spiritually? Toward acting like an adult? in front of your family, making rational, God-honoring decisions for your family. Destination, our guide, knows it's not in us to direct our steps, so he leadeth me. In his paths, not my paths. He leadeth me for his sake, not mine. You got that? Destination, maturity. Destination, heaven. <laughs> One of these days, I'm going to move in. And I want you to know when I move in, nobody's got to move out because he has my place reserved, undefiled, incorruptible, on Hallelujah Boulevard. I don't know where my daddy is, but I'm going to look him up when I get there. I'm going to look up my mama and say, Honey, Mom, would you make me some uh, biscuits and gravy? Country ham. And don't spare the lard. Amen. Ha-ha! You said that lard going to kill you? Not there. Not there. It's not going to kill me. Hey, he leadeth. Who's leading you? Who's making decisions in your life? Between the cradle and the grave, God has a wonderful, wonderful destination. In this life, maturity. In the life to come, heaven. Isn't that wonderful? Well, destination. If you're going to get anywhere, you need to to know how to get there, you might need a compass. He leadeth me. How does God lead me? Do I get up in the morning and I see at the foot of my bed Jesus with a six-foot sword standing out, flame, and he says, Now, Gene, get up, brush your teeth, comb your hair. That's all you can do for yourself. That's not very much. Go eat whatever ginger has cooked. Don't gripe. Hold it in. Be a good Christian. Kill yourself, but don't hurt mama. Or has God left us compass for direction? Thy word is a lamp unto my feet. And a light under my path. This book will guide you. God will use this book to keep you out of trouble. This book will keep you out of the world. But the world will keep you out of this Bible. He leadeth 
me in the paths of righteousness. I like that. Psalmist said in 119 and verse 133, Order my steps in thy word. Now, I would have to say to you and help you a little bit if you ain't reading it. You probably ain't getting much direction from it. Yeah? You say, well, when I read it, I don't agree with it. You know, a lot of folk do that with a compass, too. Well, this compass is wrong. It says north is that way. Well, I just know that the truck is that way. A fella told me that one night. And I said, if I were you, old man, I wouldn't follow a young whippersnapper like me that don't know where he's going. I would go where age and experience leads you. Sometime the next morning, he found his way to the truck. And I'd been there all night. Compass. Compass. You know how you raise good kids? You follow the compass. You know how you have a happy home? Get yourself out of it and get the book in it. You know how to you know you know how to keep a wife happy? It ain't wrapping her in cellophane coming to the door and getting your shuck lit. Because your shuck probably wet anyhow. It's doing what God said to do. Amen. Go ahead and say amen. Some of you ain't liking it, but just go ahead and say amen. The Word. The Word. I love the Word. The compass of the Holy Spirit. He will guide you into what? All. As many as walk in the Spirit, they are the children of God. What's wrong with being so in tune with God and God's Word and God's Holy Spirit that the Holy Spirit can nudge you, lead you, and keep you out of trouble? You say, well, He's a Spirit. I don't know what in the world... That, that won't work. Dr. Moody one time was coming to a town for a great citywide campaign. And an elderly pastor protested that they were bringing Moody into town because Moody's language was atrocious. He could eat that king's language to bits. Smoked a cigar. We don't need Moody in town. Does Moody have... Uh, does he have a corner, a monopoly on the Holy Ghost? And a young preacher said, no, sir. Mr. Moody does not have a monopoly on the Holy Ghost, but the Holy Ghost has a monopoly on Mr. Moody. He leadeth. I didn't know everybody was going to sleep through this. He leadeth me. I'm glad of that, aren't you? The compass, the Word of God. The compass that He leads us with, the Holy Spirit of God. 
the compass that he uses, the will of God. Oh, how all of us should want to be right smack dab in the middle of the will of God. Amen. In the will of God. Well, in this journey, I notice also that we have a path. A path. I read one day in the book of Psalms, chapter 16, verse 11, Thou shalt show me the path of life. In thy presence is fullness of joy, and at thy right hand there is pleasures forevermore. Life begins at conception. Life is not something we handle haphazardly. Life is for keeps. Every single day, it's for keeps. You don't get it back. Every day, boy, I wish I could get some of mine back. You say, would you like to go back to 18? No, how about well, would you make the same, same dumb mistakes again? Probably. Life is precious and life is valuable. And the wisest of all, the God of the universe said, It is not in me that walketh to direct my it begins at conception, and physical life ends at death. But thank God that's not all there is to it. I said, that is not all there is to it. Somebody said, and the rest of the story. But you who are dead in trespasses and sin, hath he quickened or made alive. By the precious blood of Christ. Hmm? The path that we trod. Oh, yes, sometimes it's uncertain and sometimes it's hard. Thank God we have a guide that sticketh closer than a brother. The journey, the Bible says in Job 23. But he knoweth the way that I take. And when he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. I've discovered over these many, many years that this life is not just a one-time deal. It's a process. It's a process of mountains and valleys. It's a process of sliding down one and climbing up the other. It's a process of eating your words. It's a process of maturity. This life, this journey that we're on, somebody lied to us, said it's all going to be hunky-dory. I stood up one time in a prayer at a testimony meeting and told my preacher, preacher, thank God since I've been saved, it's been like a bed of roses. In front of the whole church, he said, Gene, there's thorn in that bush. There'll be thorns in yours too. And he knows our journey. It's a process. It's a process of winning and losing. 
getting knocked down and getting up. Crying and laughing. Security and fear. It's a process. But thank God he leadeth. He shall be my guide to the end. This journey is not always pleasant. The steps of a good man, the Bible said, is ordered of the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Destination, compass, the path, the guide. Eighty-three-year-old man one time, been single all of his life, he decided at 83 he's going to get married. God wasn't leading him. You can bet on that. Just kidding. At 83, you need somebody to take care of you. At 76, hell with my wife. 75, you need somebody to take care of you. And he had four nephews, and they were absolutely overwhelmed and wondering why in the world would an 83-year-old man to get married. One of the nephews were in shock and one spoke up and said, Uncle, are you getting married because the woman is beautiful? He said, No. Another nephew said, Uncle, are you getting married because the woman is a great cook? Which I think is an attribute. He said, No, I'm not getting married because she's a great cook. Said, well, are, another nephew said, are you getting married because she's rich? No, she's not rich. The fourth nephew was just absolutely bumfuzzled. He said, well, then, Uncle, I want to ask you, if you're not marrying her because she's beautiful, and you're not marrying her because she's a good cook, and you're not marrying her because she's rich, why are you marrying her? He said, well, she can drive at night. Everybody needs somebody that can drive at night. God never sleeps nor slumbers. In hurricanes, tornadoes, Avalanches, snowstorms, flood, rain, or what? He still leadeth me. Our God, our God will guide us into the end. I'm so glad that he guides me. Now it's 12 o'clock. And I must finish. He's the one that goes to the bathroom. <laughs> he guideth me in the paths, listen, of righteousness. Don't ever fret. God will never lead you wrong. He will never guide you in disappointment. He leadeth 
in the ways that is right and is profitable and is good for you. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. Don't tell me God's taking you to the bar. Now don't tell me that God's leading you to pornography. Don't tell me that God's leading you to get a divorce. Forget that, slick. God has nothing to do with that. He leadeth in the paths of righteousness. Well, I don't love her anymore. For his name's sake, stay with her because it will honor God and not please you. He leads in the way of comfort. Thy rod and thy staff. They what? They comfort me. He is careful where he leads. He walks us, not runs us. God is never in a hurry. Why is it? We try to get God in a hurry. Hurry up and give us this so we can pay the first payment. Hurry up and give us this. She's on my case. We well, ought to thank God somebody even knows you've got a case. He leadeth me. He comforts me. He leads us in paths that is fair. Fairness. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek shall he teach his way. The more, the longer I live, the closer this country gets to socialism. We've been training socialists for years in our institutions of higher education. And we wonder why in the world all our politicians are leading us down the socialistic road. It's because we've trained them and taught them. And our president is no exemption. A socialist came to Andrew Carnegie one time and was discussing the economy. During the discussion, the socialists became very, very irate and upset with Andrew Carnegie because he was so wealthy. And he began to explain to Andrew Carnegie how that if everybody in America would just only be humanistic and humane, all they that have would give to the have-nots. Andrew Carnegie turned to his secretary in the presence of the socialist and said, Would you please calculate my net worth? Then please tell me how many people is on the earth. And after the arithmetic and math was done, Andrew Carnegie gave the socialist 16 cents and said, that's your part of my wealth. They don't want their part, they want their part, our part, my part, and everybody's part. But thank God, our guide, our leader, is just and always can anybody say amen? So I stand today before you as a testimony. I do not know what to do next.
but I know somebody who does. I don't know about the decision I make tomorrow, but I do know who holds tomorrow. He leadeth me. He's our guide. Oh, listen, if you would, just a minute while I close. Watch this. So foolish was I, and ignorant I was as a beast before thee. Nevertheless, I am continually with thee. Thou hast holden me by thy right hand. Thou shalt guide me with thy counsel, and afterward receive me into glory. One good thing about the wisdom and the counsel of Almighty God, He knows best. In closing, God's wisdom is truly amazing and perfect, even when we don't think so at the time. Elizabeth Elliot, in her book, Let Me Be a Woman, records a story about Gladys Allward. Unable to accept the looks God had given her, Miss Allward told how when she was a child she had two great sorrows. One, that while all of her friends had beautiful golden hair, she had straight black hair. Two, when all of her friends were still growing, she stopped at four foot ten. She just did not think God give her a fair shake. She was black-headed and short. Finally, God called her to the ministry that he had planned for her. Now listen. And standing on the dock in Shanghai, she noticed something very unusual, that all the people had black hair. And all of them, just like her, stopped growing four foot ten. And she looked up to God on that dock and said, Dear God, I'm sorry. I have a question, your wisdom in the matter of my life. He leadeth me. What a privilege to have a Savior so loving leading each of us.